We've been dealing with meeting him on the floor. We've been dealing with meeting him on the floor, and I'm telling you, it's been powerful, and, and it's been building and building. And so we're going to continue to build on today. As a matter of fact, the word that I have today, uh, you know, God actually gave it to me a while ago. It's like, hey, I want you to finish, you know, on this. Uh, but it's something that I don't think I've ever really talked about before, and not that I'm going to go too deep into it, but it's very important in context of meeting him on the floor. But I want to start um, kind of recapping last Sunday. And just one point uh, from last Sunday that I want to bring about, you know, we talked about standing your ground and how Jesus stood his ground in the midst of temptation. And one particular uh, component was when the devil uh, brought him to the pinnacle of the temple and said, throw yourself down from here. And of course, you know, he uh, misquoted, well, he quoted scripture uh, to try to get Jesus to commit suicide. But of course, Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. But what came out of that was this statement here to not trade paradigms because Jesus was bringing in a new paradigm. So not trading paradigms just to be on top of a pinnacle. And I thought that was very powerful. I'm not going to break that whole thing down. You can go back and listen uh, to last Sunday. But I kind of want to build from here. And I want to uh, present it with this thought. Uh, and it's actually maybe we could call it a little game called uh, Name That Nation. But I thought it was very interesting. And so we're going to continue meeting him on the floor. But I want you right now to name this nation. Imagine a very influential and powerful government leader who reveled in their success, particularly militaristic. They just had a successful campaign and in their victorious momentum, they wanted to survey their military strength through a census. Now, this nation has been a blessed nation because they've trusted in God. But because of the overconfidence of this leader, a plague severely hits the land. And saying this, you'd probably think I'm making a present day statement, but that is not the case. This actually happened during the time of King David's rule. King David's rule. So Israel had recently had a great uh, conquering moment and in the midst of their conquering, they defeated uh, the Philistine, uh, well, some Philistine giants, you know, kind of finishing off some of them. But then Satan arose up with a temptation. Satan arose up with a temptation and David, in essence, King David took the bait. So he was feeling extra good. He was feeling extra good about their victory and about their strength and about their military might. So he was like, man, you know what? Let's just take account of how strong we are. Let's take a look at the numbers and the strength of our military might. But his advisors strongly advised otherwise. But of course, because of David's position, you know, he was able to say, hey, you know what? This still needs to be done. But after the census, after the census, God was upset. And then he sent a seeing prophet. So this is prophet who is also known as a seer named Gad. And so Gad was coming to David. And in essence, I'm kind of paraphrasing this point, but saying, David, hey, you got three choices. You got three choices because there's going to be uh, some consequences as a result of your senses. <laughs> there's going to be some consequences, but you have three choices. And so David, uh, uh, in essence, one of his choices was like, look, let me fall into the hands of the Lord. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord and not into the hands of men, because I know that the Lord's mercies are great. I know that the Lord's mercies are great. And so we're going to begin here because uh, we're going to see uh, what takes place. Today we are talking about meeting him on the floor, but we're going to talk about the threshing floor today. Talking about the threshing floor. So turn with me 
to 1 Chronicles chapter 21. 1 Chronicles chapter 21, we're going to kind of walk through this, uh, but 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verses 14 through 18. I'm very excited um, about this word. <laughs> this is something that's been stirring for a while now. So 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verses 14 through 18, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it reads as this, so the Lord sent a plague. And so when you see that God was not directly sending this, this is something that he allowed. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel and 70,000 men of Israel fell. Verse 15, and God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. As he was destroying, the Lord looked and relented of the disaster and said to the angel who was destroying, it is enough. Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor. Somebody, if you can, that's why it's good, uh, you know, to be able to have those Bibles with pages. And of course, you could do it digitally, but I just want you to just underline threshing floor. So I'm going to read it again. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Verse 16. Then David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven having in his hand a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. So David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell on their faces. And David said to God, Was it not I who commanded the people to be numbered? I am the one who has sinned and done evil indeed. But these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, O Lord my God, be against me and my father's house, but not against your people, that they should be plagued. And I'm going to stop at verse 18. Therefore, the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that David should go and erect an altar to the Lord on, and underline it again, threshing floor. That David should go and erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. Now, I have some very powerful statements to say here, and, you know, I believe, uh, again, that I have a grace just to say things from a balanced perspective. You know, God, I believe God gives me that. So I just think just from a holistic, when I just look at this world, it is critical for leaders to recognize and repent of sin because it affects nations, no matter what capacity in which leadership takes place. It could happen on a government level, business, family but it's important for leaders to be able to recognize and repent of sin because it affects nations. And so we see here that David gave a plea for the release of this plague or for the release of the destruction of Jerusalem. And it was a heartfelt uh, form of intercession. And so what we see here, we see some intercession taking place uh, by the threshing floor. So I think that's just one uh, key point just to kind of jot down that intercession can take place on the floor. When God's saying, hey, meet me on the floor, that intercession. And we talked about, I mentioned that a little bit, that, that our prostration. And we see that David and the elders, they fell down on the ground. That our prostration is a form of intercession. And I thought it was very interesting that nobody was pointing the fingers. Even the people, because uh, people, uh, his advisors didn't like the decision. Uh, but when the judgment was taking place, it's not like they were saying, David, this is your fault. They were saying, hey, you know, we all just repent and they fell face to the ground. And then instructions came that the angel uh, spoke to Gad and Gad spoke to David. And I just thank God. Uh, and we just declare that nations across the world uh, that it'll be prophetic people, <laughs> uh, that it'll be prophetic people that just rise up to be able to speak and, and have the ears of kings. 
of kings. Amen. And so the instructions came to erect an altar to the Lord on where? The threshing floor. The threshing floor. And so altars represent a place of worship. Altars represent a place of worship and a place of sacrifice, but they're also symbolic of how our heart should be how our heart should be. But again, I'm emphasizing the threshing floor. We are meeting him today on the threshing floor. So I want to share a little bit about the threshing floor uh, from a natural perspective. So uh, I do have a picture uh, that I want you to see. And if we can put that picture up, I'm going to share a little bit um, just about the threshing floor. But I think it'd be good for you to uh, see this imagery uh, if we're able to get that up. And so the threshing floor, it's in terms, it's something that we don't hear about in our modern society, especially in the West, uh, just because of how our agriculture is. Uh, but the threshing floor uh, in society in this point in time, we'll see it like this. And I'm just going to go ahead and read. It says the harvest and preparation of grain uh, for use as food requires the separation of the kernels from the stalks on which they grow. Okay. And because most harvesting today is done mechanically, the significance of a threshing floor and its usefulness as a symbol is, is lost to us today because, you know, we don't have that type of, of way in which we do things. Uh, we do things, you know, uh, rather differently now. But a threshing floor uh, was a large, open, hard surface. So threshing floors were often located, you know, at, at hilltops. And so after bundles of stocks were laid on the surface of the floor, oxen, as you can see there, oxen were repeatedly led over the piles until the dried plants were broken up. And then the wind was used, and you can kind of see that towards the left there. Uh, you see this illustration, and sometimes in the middle. Then the wind was used to separate the heavier kernels from the chaff by tossing the mixture. So you see the people with those kind of forks. Uh, that's described as a winnowing fork, because that's what this process was, where they would take these instruments and lift this mixture in the air. Uh, so that way, additional separation uh, can take place. And so that's called windowing. And so, again, uh, you see this is what a threshing floor uh, could have looked like, you know, in that time period. And so threshing floors, that's in the natural, uh, but it's also symbolic. And this is what I want to share uh, with the, just the symbolism of the threshing floor is that it signifies God's judgment because trials separate those who truly believe in him and those who do not. <laughs> so it's in that pressure, it's in that pressure where separation takes place. And those that are about this life <laughs> begin to show up. And those that aren't get blown away by every wind of circumstance and doctrine and things of that nature. <laughs> so I want to continue on reading here, First uh, Chronicles, but now let's look at verse 19 through 24. So now this is what uh, took place. We know we know that David is now getting ready to follow these instructions. So David went up at the word of Gad, which he had spoken in the name of the Lord. Now Ornan turned and saw the angel. I thought this is so funny. Now Ornan turned and he saw the angel and his four sons who were with him hid himself, hid themselves. But Ornan continued threshing wheat. Verse 21, so David came to Ornan, and Ornan looked and saw David, and he went out from the threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. That's prostration. Then David said to Ornan, grant me, this, grant me the place of this threshing floor. Underline it again. 
threshing floor, that I may build an altar on, the, on it to the Lord. You shall grant it to me at the full price. Somebody just say full price. Yeah, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. I need to say that one more time. You shall grant it to me at the full price that the plague may be withdrawn for the people. But Ornan said to David, take it to yourself and let my Lord, the king, do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for burnt offerings, the threshing implements for wood and the wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. Then King David said to Arnon, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price. Somebody say full price again. For I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which cost me nothing. Oh, my goodness. It's something about on the threshing floor in connection and paying the full price here. The full price. Somebody say it one more time. Full price. Full price. And so there's nothing like a life, there's nothing like a life that is willing to pay the full price. And so David said this, and I think that this is something that we can declare today and live with this mindset or live with this attitude and from this perspective that we cannot offer to God that which cost us nothing. Oh, no, 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 no. There, there, there's an entitled generation that is amongst us. And I don't even think it's, it's connected to age, although we, we, we always you know, tie it to an age. But there are some people that have a sense of entitlement and don't want to offer anything but are expecting everything. And so I, I think this one moment as far as for just living a life that says, hey, God, you know what, whatever, whatever it is that I have or that's in my possession, look, I want to offer it to you. And so I think that's the perspective that God wants his church to be able to live in. And I just thought about this moment just as a point of just, just sacrifice. You know, I, I remembered uh, this time and I've shared it before, but I just want to say it again, just even as it pertains to our giving and our offering to the Lord. And I'm not, and I'm not even talking about financially at this moment, but I'm just talking about what we have to give unto God and making sure that we give him something that costs us, something that we feel. <laughs> I remember uh, it was, um, uh, well, anyways. <laughs> and so uh, in particular, it was this moment, my wife and I, we were actually praying during this time period. It was actually in the month of August, several years ago. It was in the month of August where we were just getting together before the Lord. And we were having, you know, time, our, our time in his presence together. We'd be either laid prostrate or kneeled before the bed. And it was this moment where God began to speak to us individually, but he spoke to us the same thing about uh, giving somebody a, a, a car. And so we were in possession of two vehicles. I owned a 1993, uh, I'll never forget it, 1993 blue Nissan Maxima. And my wife owned this nice, beautiful um, uh, Mercedes that she had. And so, uh, of course, when God, when God started speaking about the car, you may think, it was like, well, hey, you know what? Yeah, we're gonna bless somebody, you know, with the Maxima. <laughs> No, but God spoke to, to each of us. It was like, hey, you know what? Uh, it's the Mercedes that he wants us to be able to give to somebody. And so uh, we, we agreed with him. We agreed with each other. And, you know, he gave us the instructions and how to do it. And so the way that we did it, we had it all cleaned up. It didn't have any debt to it. So that way, when we gave the person the car, it's not like they were taking over payments. <laughs> But we were giving them something uh, totally clear and free. And when we did it, we did it discreetly. We didn't make an announcement about it. We showed up to that person's house uh, saying that we were just there to cut, just kind of pray with them a fellowship. But then we handed them a letter and they read the letter and they took off. They literally read the letter, screamed, cried, took off, 
ran out of the house down the street because this was something that they had, uh, that, that God had promised to them. And so uh, I say all that to say this, uh, that we gave something that cost us something. We gave up something. We gave up our best. And so I just want to encourage people, when you're giving unto the Lord, don't give your least. Out of your life, out of your talents, out of your abilities, out of your time, don't give your least. Give something that you feel. That's an offering. That's an offering. That's something that is presented on the threshing floor uh, when the altar of your heart is on those type of grounds. (laughs) Somebody say, Lord, I don't mind paying full price. I'll say that again. I don't mind paying full price. Some people have made decisions. You know, I just even, uh, man, I just think about God bless them. I, I love them dearly. You know, I just think about, you know, some members in our congregation. I just think about, uh, you know, the, the Dudleys, Elders Gary, Elder Monica, and just to be able to uproot your family and come based upon the word of the Lord. That's, that's paying a price. That's giving something that costs you something. It costs convenience. It costs familiarity. Uh, when God says, hey, you don't know, go. And, and, and just, you know, I even think about the foundation of this ministry. It was coming out of one place. And God says, hey, I need you to start something. Start something different that has never been done before. It costs something. And so God is saying, hey, you know, even for my church, even for my people, pay full price. And we don't have to pay the price that Jesus pray, paid. <laughs> you know, he paid it all. But there is a laying down of a life on the threshing floor, on the threshing floor. And then look at the results, because here's the thing. Look at the results of what takes place here. And I'm going to continue on and we'll finish here. Verses 25 through 28. So David gave or nine 600 shekels of gold by weight for the place. Verse 26. And David built there. An altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings. Come on. We thank God for these offerings and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called on the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire on the altar of burnt offerings. So the Lord commanded the angel and he returned his sword to its sheath. Verse 28. At that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor, somebody underline again, threshing floor. But then I want you to add, in addition to underlining that, the Lord answered him on the threshing floor. Underline that whole phrase or highlight it if you can or write it down. The Lord answered him on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. He sacrificed there. Oh, so look at the results that took place on the threshing floor. When God says, meet me on the floor, meet me on the threshing floor, the Lord says, and the Lord answered him. The Lord answered David on the threshing floor. I got to say that again. The Lord answered David on the threshing floor. Now somebody say, the Lord answered me on the threshing floor. Oh, call out your name. The Lord answered Sir Walter on the threshing floor. Oh, my God, some of y'all could even do that for those that are in position and have the ability Man, you could say that same thing even on your floor right now and just lift up your hands or maybe even be prostrate before the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you for answering me on this floor. 
Woo. God, I thank I thank you for answering me on this floor because of a life that is yielded, a life, a, a heart that has been transformed into an altar before the Lord. Oh, and I just even think about it just even in a physical sense. When you are just laid prostrate before the ground, man, your heart is touching the ground. The altar of your heart is touching the floor. My goodness. And so expect God to answer you by fire. Woo. So I'm excited because guess what? When oh, there's some encounters that have been happening, but some more encounters that are going to be taking place. <laughs> Let me stay with this here. Let me stay with this here. So again, it's a place of encounter. The threshing floor is a place of encounter. And it's been something because even on one of the prayer calls, I believe it was this past Monday, we had such a strong prayer call that we could not leave the place. It, was, it wound up being two hours uh, long and it didn't even seem long because God was in the midst. And this was by a phone conference. But the presence of the Lord was so rich, you know, in the midst of that uh, corporate prayer setting. And one of the testimonies that came forth, someone just kind of shared uh, one of the things that's been happening as they've been meeting God on the floor. And I say that in quotes because uh, uh, as they're believing in, as God is moving in their body to where they can eventually get in a position to, because they said, I want to be able to be prostrate on the floor. But right now they've been meeting him in their chair and it's okay because of, because of the position of their heart. But the testimony that came forth was this, even as they've been meeting God in their chair, that heat has been coming to their body. And this, is, and this isn't even a chair uh, where the heat, heating function is turned on. They said it wasn't even turned on, but I've been feeling heat coming to my back. Oh, God has been answering by fire and it's been a movement in that person's body. What a testimony. And so this person has been having encounters uh, even in God's presence. And, I, and, I, and again, I, I just say that to say this because God has been answering them by fire. And I believe that God is going to be answering you by fire as we continue to lay our life prostrate before the Lord. And that fire can be with a passion. It can be an invigoration. It could be fire that shows up in healing right now. As a matter of fact, I think as that testimony was just shared, I just decree and declare that fire of God show up in healing right now. Oh, yeah. Touch somebody's back in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, so I thank you for meeting that person that is listening right now under the sound of my voice, God. You know their name. I thank you, God, that you are answering them by fire in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I think that is so good. Yeah, I think that is so good. So even in the midst of this tension, even in the midst of this tension, guess what? God is at work. Not saying, and again, I'm not saying that God is the one that devised. We know that he's not the one that devised this. Oh, as a matter of fact, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but let me just start talking now because there is prophetic significance today when we're talking about meeting him on the floor. We've accepted the invitation, and I heard it very distinctly, and it wasn't a long phrase, but just to let some people know, I heard it distinctly. That's how the title of the series came forth because I just heard the Lord speak to my heart, meet me on the floor. Meet me on the floor. And so we've been doing that. 
We've been ministering on that, and we've been doing that, and, and, and God has been showing up, and there's more that he wants to do. And so uh, we've accepted that invitation, but I, I, I honestly, to be quite honest, I fully didn't realize the prophetic nature of, of that invitation because I just took it from a personal level, and it's like, man, God, I understood that there was encounter uh, that was connected to it, but it was prophetic in, in nature, and then I see now uh, that, it even, uh, that, that it very well could be connected uh, to the events that's happening in the world and in our nation as well because we I believe are dealing with two types of plagues one we're dealing with the virus and then two what we see before us we're dealing with the violence of men so that's a type of plague not saying that it's directly but it's a type of something that is affecting or impacting our nation right now we're dealing with the virus and we're dealing with the violence of men and in this the church has contended for her identity for her identity and calling. <laughs> oh, she's been contending. And in the midst of this pressure, she's been contending and, and, and coming. And I believe that something is coming forth in the midst from the church because of the pressure that is taking place. Ah, because of the threshing that is taking place. Woo! The significance of this encounter of meeting him on the threshing floor and there's much that can be said about it, so much, so much revelation uh, that can be said about this. But two things that I want to kind of highlight here. One is this, that he intends to show that he is the restorer of our land. <laughs> he intends to show that he is the restorer of our land. And I'm talking about our land that we live in, this wonderful, great United States of America. Oh, I love this nation. I visit and I thank God for the other nations that I've had the opportunity to travel uh, and, and visit. And I thank God for other nations that I've even had the opportunity to be able to live in. But maybe I'm biased. <laughs> but ain't nothing like the United States of America. And I love this land. And so I believe in God loves this land as well as other nations. But I'm speaking about our nation uh, here. And so I believe that he intends to show that he is the restorer of our land. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe healing for the land is available through a church that contends in prayerful intercession. And again, this is what I think. You go back and look at the elders that were with David. Nobody was pointing the blame, saying, well, man, this is your fault, and this is such and such, and this is such and such. Nobody was saying that. Everybody was prostrate before the Lord in prayerful intercession. And we know the scripture. You don't have to turn there, but we know the scripture. And if somebody don't know this, the reference is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. But it says, God is saying this. He was actually talking to Solomon, David's son. Uh, but he was saying, and, and when Solomon was dedicating the temple, I'm talking about that in a little bit. Uh, but when, when Solomon was dedicating the temple, God spoke to Solomon and said, if my people, if my people, he wasn't concerned about anybody else, but he said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, being prostrate before him, seek my face. This is what he said. And turn and turn from their wicked ways. Ah, then will I heal. This is what God is saying. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. And heal their land. Oh, and so we just read about it, how, how Solomon's father experienced the same thing. And so God is letting Solomon know, hey, look, I'll do the same thing for you. The Bible says that the Lord heard from heaven and the Lord answered David on the threshing floor by fire. 
<laughs> and guess what? The plague ended. The destruction of Jerusalem ended. The angel pulled, pulled his sword and put it back in his sheath. And so again, God intends to show that he is the restorer of our land. But I believe it's just another level of the threshing of the church, of the threshing of the righteous, of us evaluating our hearts. Oh, because guess what? Even righteous people, even righteous leaders can get off and make a mistake. And so, so God is saying this, hey, you know what? I still can restore the land. I still can restore the land, even in the midst if there's pressure right now and even more pressure uh, that, that could very well be able to come. The church must be in position to contend and pray in intercession. Yeah, 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 because we know that the mercies of God are available. <laughs> and the thing that I think about it, even in this nation right now, I thank God. Even in the midst of what's going on with the virus and the violence of men, guess what we're not dealing with? We are not in an all-out conflict with another nation. So now we have an opportunity to be able to appeal to the Lord for his great mercies. If we were to just look at what is written here in Scripture as an example, and we can go to him, and I believe that we can get the same results because God is that kind of faithful person. And he's so loving as well on the threshing floor. So again, the encounter, the significance of this encounter on the threshing floor is twofold. One, he intends to show that God is letting us know and pointing our attention and drawing us as a church, letting us know it's like, hey, God is the restorer of the land. Thank God for the policies and all the things that can take place. But God is the restorer of the land. The second thing that I believe um, is significant in this encounter is God is clarifying the identity and calling of his church. I made mention of that, but I, I want to I bring this because this is a very strong, prophetic and powerful point here. I believe in the church and engaging in social issues, government, business and other facets of life. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I believe in that, but we must always remember to never leave the grounds on which the church stands. We don't, we don't, we don't leave the grounds on which the church stands. And I'm just saying this uh, allegorically, but you're going to understand this in a moment. We are to never leave the grounds on which the church stands because our life is his temple. Our bodies is his temple. Here's why. This is why we never leave the grounds of the threshing of that threshing of always being before the Lord to be able to make sure that there was a separation in the heart. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says this, come ye from amongst them. <laughs> that we don't get entangled up and try to be like the world and try to do what the world does. No, 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 no. Because again, our grounds are on the threshing floor. Our lives are to be built upon the threshing floor as the temple of the Lord. Because here we go. The temple when, when, when God had that encounter with Solomon now and said, if my people, which are called by my name, Solomon is the one that built the temple. Solomon is the one that built the first temple, I should say. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, uh, uh, seek my face, turn from the wicked ways. That whole statement that God was saying there to Solomon, guess what? He said that to Solomon when Solomon was dedicating the temple that David wanted to build but was not permitted to build. Solomon was the one that was... Uh, the one that was to build the temple. Now, just stay with me here. Stay with me. Solomon was the one that was to build the temple, but guess where he built this temple? Oh, turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. You're going to see here. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why the church should never leave the grounds. That's why we have to stand our grounds. This is a connection even to last week. Second Chronicles chapter three, verse one, it says this. Now Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father, David, at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor. On the threshing floor of Arnon the Jebusite. Woo! <laughs> yeah, underline it again. Th threshing floor, the threshing floor. This is why we, uh, so the temple, the physical structure, was built on the threshing floor. Woo! And, and, and hear this not, it, it, the foundation of the temple was built on the grounds. Ah! The foundation, many people talk about the foundation. God is saying, hey, I'm not even talking about the foundation right now. Meet me on the grounds. Woo! Oh, the threshing floor. So we, so now that's the physical structure, but now we as the church being his temple collectively and individually. Not only is God saying, hey, I don't want you to get back to the foundations, but I want you to meet me on the grounds with everything that is going on. And so Jesus was like, look, that's where the temptation was. Jesus was like, I'm not thinking about a pinnacle. I'm not thinking about a pinnacle of the temple. I understand the grounds in which I stand on. Ah, and so here we go. That was important because, again, God appeared. God answered on the threshing floor. And this is one thing that I love about the temple and the natural, but then catch the same thing with us as temple as well. This is good. Thank you, Lord. I love your word. The temple was not just his place of visitation. Oh, his temple was the place of habitation. And so God in this season is looking and, and strengthening and reaffirming the identity and calling of his church saying, hey, look, this pressure is coming right now because I'm threshing because you got to meet me on the threshing floor. But I want to build something. Ah, I'm sensing this so prophetic right now. I want to build something and I am building something. It's the Lord that builds his house. It's the Lord that builds his church. It is not in the strength of men. And so that's why Jesus, he said, look, I'm tearing that down and I'm building something afresh because God is saying this. I'm not just about visitation anymore. I want the habitat amongst my people or habitate amongst my people. My people, we need to live as a habitation where his presence is constantly and we're aware that he is in us. <laughs> yes. Glory to God. Somebody just lift up a shout unto God right now. Just lift up a shout unto the Lord right now. Lift up a shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. God, we bless you for the threshing, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, for the pressure. Yeah. And for the separation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can even intercede. And I've mentioned it before, but I say it again. We can even intercede even in the midst. This has been so prophetic of meeting him on the floor because it's also connected to his harvest. There was harvest at stake. Oh, there was harvest at stake. <laughs> Whew. Oh. Uh, 
Let me just, let me just say this, and, and again, this could be my own thinking here, so let, let me just interrupt this thought, because uh, this is something I've just been thinking, even in the midst of meditation and thinking about this, because there is a prophetic word, and I'm not talking about something that I even said. Uh, it was a prophetic word, I believe it was Isaiah. Uh, that prophesied because you got Solomon's temple uh, that was built, uh, but that was destroyed. But then it was a second temple that was built, and that was actually the temple that Satan brought Jesus to. Uh, still on the same grounds of the threshing floor, but it was a different temple, uh, but that was destroyed. But then there was a prophetic word that there's going to be a third temple, a third physical structure. And of course, Jesus had, 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 had already built his church, meaning his body, but there was also prophetic word that there was going to be a third structure. So I just say this, just be on the lookout for news about that. In the midst of God bringing his church and in the midst of a threshing and pressure, because guess what? There's even pressure going on in Israel right now as far as for who should be the leader and prime minister and, and all that type of stuff. So just, just be on the lookout. I don't know when. But I just say that this is just a time where God is establishing and setting some things up for the harvest. Yeah, God is setting things up for the harvest. Threshing is all connected to harvest. Oh, you feel it. But threshing is connected to harvest. Many people have prophesied about harvest, but don't don't forsake the threshing. <laughs> Because he's building something on that. We cannot bypass that process. So if you feel a tension, if you feel a separation, it's okay. If some people that have been a part of your lives for years and you feel just like there's a separation, some people have been chaff in your life. I just so hear that right now. Some people have been chaff. And so some of this pressure, even with some of this distance, it's like, man, I just haven't connected to that person like I used to. It's okay. Let them blow in the wind. So that way... God can harvest out of your life what he desires to. Oh, yeah. Even if some old things, and we talked about this before, that's part of that shedding off, showing up so he can show forth. Oh, it's all, it's a thread. It's a divine thread. But even some things that have been chaff in our life, it's like, Lord, we, we get rid of it. Old paradigms and patterns of thinking so that way we can step into the new. Oh, we get rid of it. And here's why. Here's why. God, again, is clarifying, identifying Clarifying the identity and calling of his church, because many, I believe, I got to say this, many in the modern Western church have been concerned. And I've said it before, but I'm saying it again. Many in the modern Western church have been concerned with various pinnacles and mountaintops that life has to offer. And God is again saying, meet me on the floor, the threshing floor, the floor threshing. And so the invitation and the declaration and my statement is, even for the church, return to the grounds of seeking, of intercession, of sacrifice, of obedience, to be ye separate so that way God can answer. That way God can answer. And then here I thought this was so good. I'm like, God, you are so good. But th this is so significant because God is doing a separation because he wants to pull. He is pulling his church away from some things that have been worldly. <laughs> he's pulling some, his church away from some things that have been spotty and very blemishy. Where we've been mimicking and pattering after the world and not after him. Because God loves his bride. Woo! God loves his bride. I'm going to put a pin in that statement because we're going to continue on with that thought on Wednesday. But he's pulling some things away here in preparation of us through prostration. But guess what it leads to? It leads to elevation. 
Now, this is a practical statement, but it was very revelatory, uh, revelatory that, that God spoke it to me. Because guess what? When, you be, when you're elevated, there's some things that I have to do where I have to be on elevators and, and, and go to different floors. So when you're being elevated, when you look at, at that illustration, all you do when you're being elevated is go to another floor. Some people say, ah. <laughs> even when being elevated, all you do is go to another what? Floor, say it. Floor, all you're doing is going to another floor. Your ceiling is the grounds of another floor. You can't see it right now, but there was a ceiling that is above my head. But guess what that ceiling is? It all, all it is is the bottom of another floor. My God. So we are never to leave the threshing even as we go higher. Oh, my gosh. Pinnacle's Peak. I said it last Sunday, but I have to say it again. Because, again, it was just such revelation to me. The devil tried to get Satan, Jesus to get to the pinnacle, but Jesus is like, look, no, 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 no. My life is to be grounded. <laughs> Paradigms are based upon how we live grounded. This is where Jesus stood his ground on this temptation. He was not going to the top of the temple, the height of religiosity, only to throw himself down in suicide. He was not throwing his life down in suicide. No, 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 no. He was laying his life down in sacrifice instead. Oh, so here's the revelation. If you want to break through to another level saying, God, I want to go to another level, you have to resist the temptation to elevate yourself. You have to resist the, the, the temptation to promote yourself. Ah, come on, come on. It's not about self-promotion. It's about God lifting you up. Oh, but here we go. Uh, let me say it again. You want to break through to another level. You have to resist the temptation to elevate yourself. Instead, you have to prostrate yourself. N not, and again, not throwing yourself down in suicide, working so hard and killing yourself, but laying your life down in obedience to God. So again, with this illustration of the elevators and going up, you have to choose a floor. Even if you choose the ground floor, you're choosing a floor. So even in your promotion, guess what? You still have to stay on the floor. You still have to meet him on the floor. <laughs> Glory to God. And so I'm asking you, what's your floor today? Hey, you want to go up? What floor are you going to? Whoop! I'm going to press the button right now. Oh, welcome to the elevation right now. Oh, you want to go higher? What floor are you going to? What floor do, are you going to? What floor is your next assignment on? <laughs> so we stay walking on the floor. Yeah, we stay walking, meaning that our very lives are to be grounded, prostrate in his presence. Ah, and while you're on the floor, what is it that you're going to offer that costs you something? What is, what is the gift? What is the service? And here's the last uh, revelatory point, just even going back to the threshing floor. And I don't know if we're able to pull that picture up again, if we might be able to pull that picture up. I just want you to be able to see this. Just want you to be able to see this illustration. And we can show that because even as I make this statement here, you see those, that, that cattle that is going around uh, in the circle, in the circle, and the person that, that is driving that is on that little slate there. Uh, when we're talking about what you can offer, this is the thing that the Lord just began to speak to me in that regards. 
Uh, when you ask God, what is it that I can offer you that cost me something, a gift or a service or opportunity? The Lord was telling me this. It's the things that have been recurring, the things that have been almost like circular in your life and just, and just keep showing up and showing up. That's something that God has been speaking to you of, and it almost kind of seems circular. And maybe if we haven't done it, but it's something that has been reoccurring, God says, hey, offer that. Offer that to me. The things you've been saying that, in other words, that's where obedience is released. <laughs> that's where our obedience is released. Now, come on. Someone to just, just begin to bless the Lord again. I got to say, what floor are you going to? Oh, oh, here's the floor we're going to. We're going to the fifth floor. Uh, yeah, because five is symbolic of grace. <laughs> we're going to the fifth floor so that way we can walk on, that way we can walk in grace. Oh, that's where your next assignment is. I believe I just heard that. That's the floor uh, that we're going to. But again, we as the temple, you've got this. Glory to God that we are never leaving the floor. Even as we were being promoted, that we never leave that place. Even as God opens up other opportunities of elevation and promotion and notoriety, as he opens up opportunities of elevation and notoriety, let us not get so full of ourselves and start counting numbers. Let us not just take a census and just say, well, man, let me just see how strong I might look. No, 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 no. It is he who's the one that we put our trust in always. And that's the posture and that's the position of our heart. So we thank God, even with that word that there is elevation for somebody. But acknowledge the fact that, hey, you know what? I'm still going to be on the floor in my life. Glory to God. Now, this is one thing that I want to be able to do right now. Let's pray. Let's just pray right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. We are absolutely going to pray right now. And so there's some things that I just want to make sure that we begin with, even in our prayer. And again, I'm just looking at the scripture, you know, just as a pattern and something that which we can follow. And I think we have an opportunity as believers for those. And I just say this, I'm just so hearing this right now, even as we finish the service, share this word. Share this word so that way it can spread out and other people uh, of the church can hear it. And that way there can be an awakening. And even people that are not of the church, because guess what? God loves people. Even those that do not know him yet. There's two forms of repentance because, you know, David repented. He acknowledged. He's like, oh, man, oh, I messed up. I messed up. I missed it. Even a righteous person. David was a man after God's own heart. But because temptation came and he got full of himself for a moment, but he got back on the right track. So anyways, we just want to take a moment of just repentance. You could just repent individually right now, Lord. Lord, we ask you to forgive us <laughs> any moments, God, where we may have missed it in our relationship with you. And in particular, God, and how we may not have loved one another the way that we ought to, God, reflecting how we should love you because we should love one another, God. So, Lord, help us to love our brother and our sister. <laughs> oh, can I just say this just the way that it's coming to me right now, God? Help us to love our brother and sister. No matter what nation that they're from, no matter what uh, ethnicity they're from, no matter what political affiliation they're with, no matter what financial status they may have, no matter what gender, God, we repent, God, for not loving the way that you would have us to love. 
because it's your goodness that that brings men to repentance. Lord, and I thank you. We sung about it. We sung about it even in two hymns today, God. One says that morning by morning, new mercies I see. (laughs) And it says, Lord, that you are merciful and you are mighty. God, we ask for your mercy over our land. We ask for your mercy over our nation, God. There are innocent people, Father. God, even for for decisions that have been made at some point in time or another, whatever the case may be, be whatever has been opened up, God, we close the door in the name of Jesus and ask for your mercy, Father, over our land. (laughs) Lord, and you are a merciful God. God, and we turn, Lord, and we say forgive us. Individually, God, but then even corporately, Lord, we say forgive us. And we thank you, God, because you've still been even doing good, even in the midst, Lord. But I thank you, Lord, for the release, Lord, of the virus and the effects, uh, the level of effects that it's been having, as well as the violence, God, that's been taking place amongst men. Extend your mercy, God. And we just steal the hand of the enemy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, Father, I ask right now for fire to fall on your people. Those that are positioning their hearts as an altar. Let fire fall like never before. And I just decree and declare right now, may you just sense just such an energy and wind of the Lord. Yeah, an energy and wind of the Lord for things that may have been kind of sitting on you. May the wind and fire, (laughs) may the wind and fire come and get rid of everything that may have seemed like a chaff or maybe everything that may have seemed like that's been holding back uh, you and, and that which God is harvesting out of your life in this season. God, I thank you for fire falling, fire falling. Let heat just begin to show up in the name of Jesus to burn up everything that stands against them. Yeah. Let fire fall, God, even upon the sacrifice, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, and I thank you, Lord, right now for those uh, are breaking through. Uh, we come into agreement, Lord, and we just decree and declare that there is a breakthrough now because we've been meeting you on the floor, God, and even accepting the invitation of meeting you on the threshing floor. I thank you, God, that there's a breakthrough of going to another floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, we decree, God, and declare, God, that there's another level of grace that we are walking into right now in the name of Jesus. Another dimension of power and influence that even when you speak. Oh, yeah, I'm just hearing this uh, just to be uh, respective of just even the words that come out of your mouth, because you can't go to another floor with the same mentality. That's why you have to stay grounded and don't just speak anything. Judge every word that comes out of your mouth because God is saying, because of what I want to do through you as you've broken through on another floor. And some of you have already seen this, that some of the words that have been coming out of your mouth, God's been answering them even quicker. Some of the things that you thought about and just kind of casually said and the answer showed up. That's guess what? You, there's been a breakthrough. And so now I encourage you to be even more intentional, <laughs> about what you are saying in this season. Because God is saying, hey, I'm gonna answer you, I'm gonna answer you by fire, because I want to show a distinguishing of of my grace on my people. 
and my grace upon your life as you are walking on this new floor of grace, it will begin to draw other people that do not know him yet. So, so now I just say this, Lord, even as we've prayed for repentance ourselves, start begin to just place it upon the hearts of others who have not repented yet, God. Draw them to repentance in Jesus' name who don't know you, that they may, that they may come into salvation and be the harvest of Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. So again, we partner, partner with you. We just decree, dec decree and declare, <laughs> declare and decree <laughs> just a new level for you, a breakthrough. Yeah, 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 because of meeting him, because some people have actually taken this to heart of meeting him on the floor and have seen and experienced transformation. But now I just want to affirm that you are on a new level, that you are on a new floor. Oh, you've, you've pressed the right buttons of God's heart in your sacrifice. And he's saying, what floor are you going to? I'm taking you to another floor. <laughs> oh, and I just saw here this. And now, as you're on another floor, may the doors be open for you to walk in. Off the elevation, doors open, and you're walking on a new floor. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heal our land. Heal our land. In Jesus' name, God, and we thank you for the threshing. We meet you on the floor, God, for the threshing, for the threshing, for the threshing. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, Lord, we bless your name. Yeah, some of y'all just need to just, uh, just, present, just begin to just present God something that you may not normally do. But I, again, I'm encouraging someone uh, to be able to offer God something that maybe you've never offered him before. And maybe, maybe your white worship has been, you know, rather reserved and, and just tucked away. God just saying, hey, release it to me right now. It doesn't matter who's in the room with you as you're watching. Just release to me a worship that you feel. Something that costs you something is something that you feel, meaning this. I want you to feel it in your heart now out of, out of worship. Oh, we worship you, we worship you. I know he just wants to hear your song right now. Even as Minister Marlene is playing, he wants to just hear your song. Even as the sound is being released, he wants to hear your song. <laughs> Glory to God. So my personal instruction is not to sing so that way he can hear your sound, so that way he can hear your song. Offer him something of worship that costs you something. Yeah. It may not be a grain offering, but it's a gratefulness offering. Yeah, it's a gratefulness offering right now. So just offer him some gratefulness out of the fruit of your lips. Glory to God. Glory to God. And he is receiving it. He is receiving it. God is saying, I am with you. Oh, he is with you. Some of you are on your floor right now. And if you're not, it's okay as well, but I just, just pictured some that are. Uh, God is saying, look, I am with you. I am with you in the room. I am with you right now. And he's saying, ask <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Hmm. Now, he loves the incense, the fragrance that comes from sacrifice. <laughs> That's why fire falls. It's something about that aroma. Oh, some of y'all know when you smell a grill, it's like, hmm, it just does something to you. <laughs> but in that same illustration, God is saying, look, I'm loving the fragrance of sacrifice, of service, of next level service. Some people just going to the floor, the next level of the floor. 
God, so we bless you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for the sealing of this prayer, of this moment. And if you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior, I invite you to do so right now. And it's so simple. You could follow me in this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross and rose with all power. And I thank you for your forgiveness. Come into my heart. <laughs> Come into my heart. And I thank you for you being the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you prayed that prayer to rededicate, I'm telling you, you are a brand new person. You know, you are a brand new person and angels are celebrating in heaven. <laughs> angels are celebrating in heaven. And so we celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate. Somebody can just even put in the chat and just say, thank you, God. Hallelujah. You can lift up a shout before the Lord in the name of Jesus.